0: As we come to Japan.
1: Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbour. Join us now as Pastor Joe Petting teaches from the book of 1 Peter chapter 3.
2: Open up to 1 Peter chapter 3 if you can with me. 1 Peter chapter 3. If you recall, we've been, you know, looking at the fact that the Apostle Peter wrote this letter to the those Christians that were persecuted, those that were going through some difficult times, and it's a letter of hope. If you recall, uh, as the Apostle uh, Peter opened up, he talked about you know those that were scattered, and they were scattered uh, throughout modern day Turkey. So they're in the Middle East. So get the picture. They're they're scattered because of persecution. They're scattered because of their faith and their belief in Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe hiding out maybe hiding for their lives and this letter goes out to give hope as we've been looking at in the last two weeks but I, I failed to mention the letter not only gives hope to those that are going through difficult times, but it also gives instruction. And I, I like that. I don't know about you, but I love when there's practical instruction. I, I love instruction. I love to know, you know, okay, what do we do? What's, you know, what are you trying to say, Lord? And so there's good practical instruction. We're going to receive lots of that tonight, uh, good practical instruction. So with that as a way of introduction, uh, let's dig in. Again, 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're picking up, obviously, in verse 1. And the Apostle Peter says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. If you remember last week, we looked at uh, the instruction to believers as citizens to submit to governing authorities. Remember that all ordinances, and it's important that we understand that, you know, uh, there's submission. I believe, you know, I was kind of chewing on this this afternoon and this evening and, and I, the, our flesh doesn't like the word submission. It's a, the old nature is, you know, that word to us is, you know, like a bad word, you know, but it's a godly thing to submit and it's a it's a good thing they're, it's healthy for us you know and we're going to look a little bit more of that but so when he told us last week to submit to governing authorities you know sometimes i'll say well you know the government they're all crazy they're all nuts i don't have to do that i don't but no 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 they're they're in place there for for a reason for a purpose There's, you know, speed limits that we're to obey. There's taxes that we need to pay, and all those type of things. Though we don't like it, uh, there's submission to those things. So remember, all authorities, or excuse me, uh, all ordinances we're to obey, unless, and just as this is way of reminder again, unless it conflicts with the Bible unless it conflicts with your faith. If, it, if they, the government tells you to go out and you know, beat up people or go out and, and kill people you know, with, without, you know, for no cause or whatever, or go out and you know, blaspheme God or whatever. No, 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 you don't do that. You, you listen to God first. But if it lines up, if it's not violating the Bible, then you submit to it. Remember also, uh, masters, you're to submit to uh, servants, or employees, are to submit to their employers. Uh, remember it said the good or the bad. I don't, even think they, I don't think they said the ugly, but the good or the bad. We're to, we're to submit to them. But again, now submit the wives to the husbands. I believe the world has distorted this word "submit" in such a way where it's almost a bad word again. As we we're talking about it. it, I think it's it's just distorted. The word "submit," because it's again, it's biblical, and the word itself it it means it's a military term. It means to place under rank, and that's what it means. If you take note, it's place under rank, meaning the husband is the the head of the home. And it's always good when the husband is leading in the things that are godly, when he's leading the spiritual things, when he's, when he's truly the head. It, it's disastrous when you see, you know, that the children are ruling the house or the wife is ruling the house. And, you know, he's, the, the wife's like taking a position over the husband and, you know, demeaning him and telling him, get over here. Get over, you know, you see that sometimes in families. You see, you know, the, the wives just totally just ruling in, in a bad way. And it's a dangerous place because the husband's a covering for the house, just you know, as Christ is our covering. I want to make it clear, though, headship is not dictatorship. Headship is not dictatorship. You you get some that take this to a whole other level where they you know, husbands are saying you know, wives submit, you know, and I'm the I'm the you know, leader of this house, and you do and you do this, and it, it's not like that. It's not dictatorship at all it's loving. The, the godly picture of it is, you know, Christ is the head of the household and, and the husband, you know, submits under, you know, Christ and he's, he's submitting his life to Christ and he's able to hear the Lord. He's able to walk in the spirit. He's able to make good decisions because he's connected to the head. He's connected to Christ and, and he's able to lead in love and lead by the Holy Spirit. And I know there's some here even, maybe their, their husbands aren't that head and they're, they're not even walking with the Lord. We're going to talk about that. But there should be that wonderful order. I remember when, when my wife and I, we were first married and it, she floored me when she said, she looked at me and she says, you know, honey, she says, I know you hear from God. She says, so whatever you say, that's what we're going to do. And I said, aha, I've got her. (laughs) No way. You know how humbling that is? I mean, think of that. Think of the responsibility of that. She meant it. She looked at me right in the eye. She says, I know you hear from God. And so whatever you say for this household, whatever you you know, that's what we're going to do. And I just, it, to me, what it did is it brought me on my knees to say, God, you've given me such a wonderful wife that, that wants to be led by you and the things of you. God, please speak to me. I need to, I need direction and help me to fake it when I don't know what to do. Lord. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> so wonderful when you have that order i believe it means this word submission and under the authority and the headship it's that respect and following the lead and and also encouraging wives encouraging your husbands in their leadership i'll tell you i have to say i I know i brag a lot on my wife and uh I know some are probably just wondering, oh goodness, why won't you just be quiet about all this? But uh, I can't help myself. My wife has a gift of encouragement. I I believe that. I believe she's gifted. I think I I get, you know, I receive the gift of discouragement sometimes, but (laughs) no, but she has that wonderful gift of encouragement. And I see it in such a wonderful, powerful way in our marriage. And she encourages me in leadership and she encourages me and it doesn't mean that she lies to me and tells me oh that was good or you said that, oh you know and she you know tries to to make things up no she's you know she's critical and all and she'll tell me you know what's right and what's wrong but but she's very encouraging in the things that that are right and I see it as such a strength in our marriage and I want to encourage the wives you know the husbands need encouragement in leadership you know, don't tear, and I, you know, I'm looking around, there's single people here, so this is for future, okay, please. <laughs> but it's dangerous when you're tearing your house down, when you're, you're talking, you know, always, you know, tearing your husband down, or tearing, or talking bad about him to others, and it's, it's a dangerous thing to do. It's, you know, it's so good when you build your house up, when you encourage your husband in the things of leadership. I, I know marriages that are doing terrible these days. And I've, I've counseled many different people where, the, you know, where that's not happening in the home. And the, and the wife is you know, constantly you know, complaining and, and discouraging and all. And it just tears the whole house down. And the enemy's ruthless. Most of the husbands have a hard enough time just dealing with the spiritual warfare, hearing all the lies of the enemy, combating their thoughts. They, they don't need someone else on the other side, you know, you know in tune with those, those things that are going on. The two should become one. You're to, to be together in marriage is one. You're to fight together, right? You know, think about any sport, you know, any kind of, any kind of sport you think about, basketball, football. What if the, the team members were fighting against each other, stealing the ball from each other? Think of that. And sometimes that's what happens in marriage. They're, they're fighting one another, and the enemy's having havoc on so many marriages today. It's heartbreaking. And it's not like we have a lot of instruction in the Bible. We just have, you know, few things to, to abide by. And, and one is, is this submission and this encouragement and, and respect. And it's important. You know, when I'm walking in the spirit, I'll, I'll put it on my end. Typically, if I'm walking in the spirit, there's great harmony in the home. If I'm in the flesh, if I'm you know, if I've got an attitude, or I've got you know something, and it could be something that's you know has nothing to do with my wife, but but she'll get the blunt of it. If I'm in the flesh, she'll you know I'll, I'll get upset or something. I'm you know whatever's going on, and and so the, it's almost a battle to stay in the spirit. And then that submission is just wonderful as the husband is submitting to the Lord again, walking in the spirit. And then, and then it, the wife is able to submit under that. She's like, of course, you know, I want to submit under that. You're being led in the spirit. I want to be led in the spirit. I want to be led in those things. And it's just a wonderful thing. The apostle Peter here is also giving instruction to Christian wives that are with unbelieving husbands. You know, think of it. You know, they're probably wondering, "What do I do? Do I leave this marriage? Do I, you know, constantly preach to them? Do I nag them till they give their lives to the to, to the Lord, or what am I to do?" And there's instruction here. It's the best way to win if you have a, an ungodly husband or a man that's not born again, a husband that's not born again. It's it's your conduct. Live it out before the Lord. Live out your Christian walk. And I know I can't even imagine I. I I can't imagine I don't want to stand up here and just say, oh, you know, I know how it is. I, I can't imagine, you know, being unequally yoked and, and, and being with someone that's, that's not born again and you are born again. You're, you're a child of the light and they're a child of darkness. And the, I can't even imagine the conflict and, and, and the turmoil and all that's going on. But, we, you know, here it's specifically talking right to you and it's telling you, allow your conduct more than your words, more than what you say. Just try to live your best, the godly life, and, and just live for God and be on fire for jesus basically it's saying and and let the holy spirit do the work more than your words it's more what they see and then what they hear i heard of this story of this one lady she had an unbelieving husband and so she put on the christian radio in the house full blast 24 7 just full blast you know and I guess he would try to turn it down. And she said, no, no, no leave it up all the way. Leave it up. And, and she was thinking that this is good, you know, because he's going to hear the, 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 the word of God, the Christian radio. He's going to come to faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. This is going to win him over. And finally, he stopped coming home because he couldn't handle it. He wasn't saved yet. He just couldn't handle it. It was, it was overwhelming. So he always made excuses to be out with his buddies and his friends. And, and finally, he was just always gone. The word "chaste" means pure, innocent, modest, clean. In other words, I believe he—it's just stating that he would see a change. That you know, even though he doesn't like it, there's going to be—I'm sure—you know—because if he's uh, not saved, he, he probably will even complain how you are. He'll complain if you're going to church all the time. He's going to complain about you know the, your relationship with God, and that you know that's going to happen. But but you have to stay the course. And deep down he knows there's a change in you, and deep down he knows that he needs a change because we're created to worship God. That's, a, that's what we were created for. No matter what, you know, when I was in the world and I was complaining, my sister would share with me and I'd get mad at her, get in the flash. I'd be yelling, what are you telling me that for? Deep down I knew I was wrong. Deep down, I knew she was right, but I, you know, I was getting angry. Why? Because she was in the light. I was in darkness, and she was, trying to, you know, she was trying to put light in my dark world. I couldn't stand it. But let me tell you, I watched her godly conduct, her husband's godly conduct, and her children's godly conduct, and every time I watched that, I thought, I don't know many people like that though i complained though i was upset though they would you know get me upset because i was in darkness but their godly conduct meant a lot i saw a change no matter what anybody else said their blights were was speaking louder than their words to me and again people are created to worship god so they're not. No matter what they say, they are not comfortable the way they're, they're they are right now. If they're not worshiping God, if they're not walking in the Spirit, it's like you know taking a lawnmower, bringing it in the house to to to, to sweep the carpet up with a lawnmower. It's not, the lawnmower is not made for that. Or taking the vacuum cleaner, you know, and I don't know, you know, <laughs> taking it outside to cut the lawn with the, the vacuum cleaner, you know, just it's not going to work. It's not made for that. It's out of place. And deep down, you know, people, if they're not walking in a relationship with God, they're not made for whatever they're doing. They're not made for that. They're not comfortable in that. You know, sin is only pleasurable for a season. And I want to encourage, if there's any here, that you're married to someone that's not walking with the Lord. I I want to pray that God just continues to bless you and keep you strong and allow you to keep that walk with Christ. Keep shining no matter how. Upset that spouse gets just keep shining. More than your words, your actions are speaking much louder than your words could ever speak. And you keep walking with the Lord. Where it says, accompanied by fear. First time I read that, I thought, oh man, are they to fear their husbands? No. I believe it's talking about the fear of the Lord. Your chastened walk with God and your your purity or before the Lord, but also your reverencing the Lord. And it speaks volumes. Verse three, it says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. I don't believe this verse is coming against women wearing nice things or having their hair done right or done up and I don't believe it's you know talking about that at all. I, matter of fact, I love what Verna McGee says, and I'm sure you've heard this quote, but I love it. If the barn needs painting, paint the barn. <laughs> that's a classic. I remember the first time I heard that on the radio. I was like, wow, that's funny. I believe he's stating the beauty, the inward beauty is so much more important than the outward beauty. Don't be overly concerned with the outward beauty as much as you are with that inward beauty. Interesting that word "gentle." Eh? It's, it means mild, humble. Speaking of a gentle spirit, not being harsh, not being like—I would assume it's not—it's talking about like not being a nag or being, you know, but to, to have a humility, being mild. But this is the one. And this is the interesting word: the quiet spirit. You know, because I always thought. And okay, well, is it? Do they have to be quiet? They're real quiet, not say anything. It, it's an interesting word, it, it means like tranquil, calm, settled, peaceable even steadfast. It's a, it is, you know, some different meanings to this word. And I like that because it's sometimes you just quiet. If it was just, you know, some would maybe take this and just say, see, you know, you're not supposed to say anything. You just be quiet. You know, that, no, no, I think it's more of the, you have such a peace with God. You have, you have such a relationship with God. It's almost like, like, a, like a stability that you have that's so powerful and so evident because you have peace that surpasses all understanding. And even though he is riled up or others around you are riled up, you just have that calmness. You're able to, to be settled. And God can give that to you if you don't have it. It's, he desires to. He'll never ask you to do something without providing that. It makes me think about Proverbs 31 and verse 30, talking about the, the Proverbs woman. It, talks, it says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That inward beauty. So being more concerned about the inward rather than your outward beauty, but doesn't mean, you know, some people take this to an extreme and they're like, okay, don't work with the hair, leave the hair the way it is. Don't, you know, the no jewelry, take off all jewelry, take enough. Don't wear anything nice but they're losing the point here. It's not what it's talking about. It's the hidden person, the heart that's more important than anything that's on the outward. Verse five, in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughter you are if you do good and are not afraid of any terror. He's reminding the Christian wives that, you know, it's not a new thing. This isn't a new standard, you know, that to, I'm sure, you know, reading this letter, they might think, well, wow, this is new. You know, this is, he's saying, no, 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 it's not new. Even, you know, Sarah, she submitted unto Abraham, these holy women. It's not, it's not a new thing. Once in a while, you know, I'll remind my wife of this verse where Sarah called Abraham Lord. A reminder. She hasn't caught on yet. I, I tried. But she... I don't think I need to say this, but for some, Sarah did not worship her husband. It wasn't like he called him like deity, you're Lord. you you know, I've got you up there in a place on a pedestal like God. No, 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 no. No. She respected her husband, not It's not, she didn't worship her husband. So don't, don't do that. Sorry guys, but it's it's not a worship thing. Verse seven. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding. So guys, we have our part here. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding i personally believe that this is impossible without the holy spirit to dwell with your wife with understanding is impossible without the holy spirit i mean how do you understand how do you you know but the neat thing is the awesome thing is is the Lord desires us to understand. And by the Holy Spirit, you have a sensitivity that you wouldn't normally have. But guys, I, I want to make something very clear. It's our obligation as men to be sensitive to the needs of our wives. It's our obligation. It's, it's what we're called to do. Men, you know, I know we could get caught up in, in our work, our ministry or whatever it is. I, I, am terrible at that. I get so caught up in, in what I'm to do. And, you know, you can get men, you know, I've talked about this before hobbies and different things. You can get so caught up in, in what you're doing that it could be to the neglect of your spouse, but we're obligated to, to dwell with our wives, with understanding, to, to know what their needs are, to be sensitive, what, what they want, to be sensitive, what's going on in their lives, to be sensitive if, if they're overwhelmed or if they're under worry or if they're under fear, to, and to try to have that sensitivity. And again, I, I joke about it, but I'm serious. Without the Holy Spirit, forget it. Because our selfish nature is there, and, and in our selfish nature, we don't want it. We don't, you know, personally, I'm talking to myself in the flesh, you know, it's like, uh, I don't care about it. I'm not Mr. Sensitive when it comes to that kind of stuff. But when I'm in the Spirit, when I'm seeking the Lord, when I'm I'm washed in the water of the Word and I allow the Lord to lead me, He gives me sensitivity to her needs. Only by the Holy Spirit. And again, guys, I want to encourage you to, to be sensitive. As Paul told... Told us in Ephesians 5 we're to love our wives but remember it goes on to say so husbands ought to love their own wives as their bodies he who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes it and cherishes it as the Lord does the church so as we take care of ourselves we're to take care of our wives Saying, you no, know, we love ourselves. You know, people say, oh, I hate myself. That's, that's garbage. Nobody, everybody loves themselves. You know, everybody, you know, there's a, we, we take care of ourselves. We, you know, do those things. Brush our teeth, comb our hair. You know, before we leave, we do those things. We take care of ourselves. Well, husbands, as you take care of your own self, you're to Hallelujah. take care of your wife. And as we do that, the, the Lord honors that and blesses come, that.
0: A throne of mercy. Praise the sound. Of it's
1: the sound of you have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettig, and outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714 788 8221. That's 714 788 8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.
0: It's because Your throne of mercy it's the sound of our singing praise it's the sound of our